Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has called us unto himself. Lord, we thank you. The Bible makes us clear that the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. Make our hearts simple to receive your word. Lord, we are pressing towards the mark. Teach us also to be earthly relevant. Our total confidence is in you, O God. And for me, O God, Lord, give me, O God, the ability to speak boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bounds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak to your people. I decrease completely that you might increase, O God. Jehovah, Mary, Megan, have this morning to the glory of your holy name in Jesus' name. And amen. Thank you for having me this morning. I carefully went through the topic of today and I prayed and I asked God, Holy Spirit, help me. Let me speak what you want the church to hear. And I, that's my prayer this morning. Even if I have prepared to say something, as long as the Holy Spirit does not want you to hear that, may I not say it? Amen. So I took time to go through your topics and I saw interestingly that we are pressing towards the mark. And I know that the speakers that have come before me must have done justice to this pressing towards the mark. However, as I was studying the scripture, the Holy Spirit told me things to tell you this morning. So we are going to have an overview of pressing towards the mark. And we also look at earthly relevance. Pressing towards the mark with earthly what? Relevance. So these are the two components of the message this morning. And I want to beg you. And I believe that you come to church always with your Bible. And you have a jotter. Try as much as possible to jot down something. As we go together. Now like us to open our Bibles together to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 12 to 14. Philippians chapter 3. We're going to read together from verse 12 to verse 14. And let's go. Not as though I have already attained, either we are already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the, to verse one. Verse one said, to write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. 
This is Brother Paul, his epistle to the church in Philippi, the Philippian church. He said to them, I want to say this again. And to me, it is not grievous, it is safe that you hear it. In Bible, you see repetition. In Bible, you see what we call tautology. But in Bible, those tautology is only in reemphasizing a point. Paul said, I come again to tell you the same thing which I have said, I have told you before. But it is not grievous, it is for your safety. He said for me, that I may press towards the mark. Yesterday I called my father-in-law. I like calling him every Saturday. He's my very good friend. So when I called him at 82, he had just returned from the farm. And he asked me, I switched off my phone, so when I switched it on to call him, I, I called, he said to me, what are you doing? I said to him, daddy, I'm preparing for a message. You know, I just said to regret to call you, so that you know I love you. So how are you? Did you go to work today? He said, yes, that he went to the farm, that he had just returned from the farm. And I looked at my father-in-law. He was not telling me, that he is telling me that it is important to be hard-working. 82. Talking to me. That is important to be hard working. So Paul said, I am trying to reemphasize this again. There was a way I connected what he told me to this. It is important to be hard working. So me, even at 82, I am still working hard. Because there is no food for the lazy man at 82. Paul said, it is important I tell you this again. Because for to me, I am pressing towards the mark. For to me, to live is Christ. To die is what? To gain. So what is to, to press? What is to press? To press means to apply force. To apply force. To apply pressure. To apply pressure. It means to pursue something. I am pursuing something. I have a target. For us that work where they give us target. I have a target, so I'm pursuing it. Sometimes, what you are pursuing may look impossible. So you are perceiving, you are, you are pursuing something that is perceived to be an impossible task. But you are pursuing it, you are pressing. You are pressing. You are pressing in the quest to achieving the target. Paul said, I press towards the mark. I press towards the mark. I, I apply force. To make sure that I don't miss heaven. I am not giving up. I am not going to look back. If you read the book of Luke chapter 16, verse 16. The Bible says, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and everyone presses into it. Everyone applies force into it. Everyone pursues it with every energy. Everyone, from the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom is preached and everyone press. So Paul realized that he needed to press. So I press towards the mark. When I got born again in 1994, through our daddy, one of the sons, when we went for these outreach, um, village outreaches, you know, you would just see the joy. Somebody would just be singing, Adame Sogi Deya, Sogi Deya, Eh, Agame sogi deya, sogi deya, 
Let's sing it together. Agame sogi deya, sogi deya, hey, obeyim. Sogi deya, sogi deya, Luke chapter 9 verse 62. Why do we need to keep following him? No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. No man who stops pressing is fit for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God suffering violence, the violence targeted by force. There must be a pressure, force of faith to be able to get into the kingdom. You don't look back. It doesn't matter the successes yesterday. It doesn't matter the failures of yesterday. When you are pressing, you don't look back. You know, that yesterday, I missed out in an inter-house sports, my children's school. Last year, I was there. I do a lot of 100-meter race. And um, I came second last year, so I was thinking that this year, I will go and I will confess. When you are running a 100-meter race, even my wife, if she's doing this, I don't look at her. I am running with energy. She told me the last time I did it at... Um, Miyamata, uh, I also did at Nandazikwe Stadium during my children's primary school in the hospital. I am very fit too. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So I did it. She said my, my body was shaking. Beep, 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 beep. I was running. I wouldn't look at the back. I wouldn't look at the back because I was pressing. I wouldn't turn back. Because I was pressing. Even if somebody was coming very close to me, the law says if you look back, you will be drawn back. So I kept moving. But I could only come second. Praise the Lord. So I couldn't go yesterday because I was preparing for this message and I didn't want to come with walking stick. After writing, there will be reason to come to... I will come with walking stick. But that made me understand what happens, what God exactly wants us to do. That we should press. We should be determined. We should pursue with determination. Not losing focus. Praise the Lord. You know what happened? In the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 1, when Jesus had spoken to his disciples, he said, and he ordered another 70 to come. And he said to the 70, go and preach the word. And he deployed them two and two to go into the city and preach the word. In verse 17, the Bible says, And the 70 returned back to Jesus with great joy. And they came to Jesus and they were telling Jesus, Master, see what happened. That we did this, we did that, we did a lot of miracles. Jesus caught in there and said to them in verse 18, No, 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 no. I even saw, because he's the all-knowing God, Satan fall like lightning. In verse 20, he told them, But nevertheless, notwithstanding, that's the word, notwithstanding, in all these achievements, in all these successes you've made, rejoice not. But rejoice because you are pressing. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He said, in all these successes you have made, that I came to church this morning and I laid hands on the sick, and the sick got well. In all these things I have done, I have walked on serpents and I have walked on scorpions, and they have not hurt me. In all these things I have laid hands on the dead, and the dead rose. He says, rejoice not in the past glory. But rejoice because your name is written in, the, in heaven. Because you are present. Rejoice because you are present. Rejoice because it's an onward movement. 
when you are driving, you don't, if you dwell at the back, you will have a crash. You just keep driving. And that's why you see the, the front windscreen is bigger than the rear, the rear mirror. So that you don't dwell on the back. Praise the Lord. So God expects us to keep moving on. Keep moving on. Yet yeah, I made a mistake yesterday. Oh, I, I go to God. God, sorry about this. I am moving on. I'm pressed. I'm not giving up. I led millions of people to Christ yesterday. Oh, I'm moving on. I have to conquer more. You know, that's why I like, I like your church. My wife knows, isn't it? I like your church. That you have planted a parish at so so and so, another one at so so and so, you are not giving up. But is there few people doing it, or all of you? I can get into the crowd now and give microphone to someone. You know I've been coming. On 10th, I will be there too. I even come more than some of you. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So you don't give up, you keep moving on. You keep moving on. You keep conquering more grounds for God. So when I, I, I go to this point and I say to God, but what can make one not to keep pressing on? Because Psalm said, I mean, the, the, David said in the book of Psalm chapter 55, verse 6, he said, if I have wings like a dove, I will fly. So why was he complaining that he cannot fly? There must have been a reason that made him to start complaining, oh, if I have wings I would have like a dove, I would have flown. What is it that's making one not to press? Because flying in this contest is like pressing. God said, yeah, my son, talk about greed, covetousness, Gehazi. If you read the book of Second Kings chapter 5, of course it's a story that we know very well of, of, of a great soldier that came, Naaman, to Elisha. Elisha was a prophet and he was being served by Gehazi. Of course, remember that Elisha served Elijah, and Elisha got the double portion of the anointing. Ordinarily, Gehazi should have received the double portion of Elijah, Elisha's anointing, which have been four times that of who? Elijah. So this young man quickly removed his eyes. I believed also that Elisha must have been seeing gifts before he said no. What shall it profit a man that he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What shall it profit a man that he gains the whole world and he stops pressing? Elijah, my, my master, I am not interested in this whole world. I am not interested in these gifts. What I want is this. What I want is to press on. So Elisha said, okay, you've asked for a noble thing. Uh, if you witness my going, you will get it. So he got it. But Look at greed. Distorting someone who was supposed to be a great man of God. Gehazi. Greed. He ran up to Naaman. I said to Naaman, Master, my master just sent me to you. We had visitors. Something has just arisen and we need these things to settle them. Of course, that one happily gave him and that destroyed not just him, his generation. Not just him. His generation. Do you remember you have generations? It's not every gift that you must accept. Thank God that I am not begging and I won't beg. Thank God I have a good office that I occupy. It's not every gift. You're a governor, you're a minister, you're a commissioner, you're a permanent secretary, you are this, you are this and that, you're a head of department. It's not every gift. Some gifts, you take them, it will not just destroy you, it will destroy your children, even the unborn ones. 
You know, last week, I went to buy Bibles. I have, but I decided to buy more. So I bought for my sons. It's not only pizza that I will be buying for them. I will buy again too. You understand? So I will buy Bible and buy another one and buy another one. They will say, Daddy, I have. Say, no, when I buy pizza for you, don't tell me I, I ate yesterday. So I will just keep buying. So, you know, it's not, you, you need to understand that there's a future. There's a future. So greed stops a man from pressing. What of pride? What of pride? You know, that destroyed Pharaoh completely. If you read the book of Exodus chapter 5 verse, verse, verse 3, Pharaoh was asking, who is the Lord that I must obey him and allow the children of Israel to go? Who is the priest that he will tell me to come to uh, Walker for us to do this? Who is the bishop that I must do this, that I must listen to? Who is the pastor? Who is the canon? Who is the reverend that he has to tell me to come for midweek service? Pride has set in. Pride has set in. You know, a member of this church may not be able to tell you, I don't know you, but the Holy Spirit said, I should say it. Who is he that he should tell me to come for prayer meeting? Who is he that he should tell me to come? Pride has said it. So that was the problem that Pharaoh had. What of Saul? If you read the book of First Samuel chapter 9, the Bible describes Saul as a very handsome man. I was telling my wife when I was praying, he says, Honey, I just discovered Saul, you know, if it were in the olden days, before they appoint a king, you will be tall, elegant, very handsome. So Paul saw himself in the mirror and began to walk like that. There was nobody like Saul. A very handsome, he was a very handsome man. So that took him off. He forgot to obey the Lord. Disobedience set in. And pride. He was trying to justify his action. He was not remorseful. What of loss of the flesh? Thank God for the Bible reading. Thank God for the daddy that led us in intercessory prayer. Loss of the flesh. Look at the, look at lost wife. Lost wife, the angels came and the lords received them. Of course, you know the story. The angels were specific with their instruction. Lot, Lot had two daughters. Lot had two sons-in-law. When Lot went to tell the sons-in-law of what the angels or the men had told him, they thought they mocked him and they did not follow him. So the angels told Lot, Lot, listen, take your wife and your daughters. Don't take anything. Run for your life. Lot's wife remembered her gold. He told them, long look back. Remembered when the thing was boom, boom. She remembered her gold. She remembered all the, her frankincense and the rest of them. And she looked back. So she stopped pressing. Loss of the flesh. Loss of the eyes. David. Second Samuel chapter 11. He saw a lady called Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uri of Hittite. Others had gone to work and had gone to war. He got up from his bed, went to the rooftop, and he, and he began to look. You know, sometimes even in church, I know that in this church we don't allow phones into the church. Do you know, even in the church, in our church, Pentecostal churches, you see people browsing in the church. The Spirit of God has so left them that even in the church. So, lost of the eyes, David looked at the naked woman and looked again. He couldn't, he couldn't bear it. He now told his servants to go and fetch her like water. And they brought her. It stopped David. That was why he said, if I have wings like a dove, if I had known this, 
if I was not a man of sinful attitude or character, I would have flown. You know, David wanted to build a temple for the Lord. He was told you can't because your hands are filled with blood. He had done a lot of atrocities. You know, that's a case we just handled in our church. A boy picked up the uncle's phone and the uncle had gone into pornography so he something flashed up he started watching and from there they asked him to apply and he followed through and went into all sorts of things and before we know what's happening he has recollecting the family's money to do all sorts of things what do we watch with our phones it is not a show of wealth to give your daughter or your son who is in secondary school a phone home. You are destroying that generation. It is not a show of wealth. We can afford phones. But we have said we will not give our children phones until they are of age. It doesn't matter the pressure. They can put us under pressure. So we give them our phones. You have assignments to do. Use our phones. Thank God I won't go to pornography. So they know the, they know the pin. Use my phone. After your assignment, return the phone. Use mommy's phone. After the assignment, return the phone. But to buy phones for you, we will not. Because they are not able to hold themselves. But sometimes we don't want to give them our phones because there is something we are also hiding. As a father, you are into that side. As a mother, you are into that side. You don't want your daughter to see it. You don't want your son to see it because you are not proud of it. And that is why we are not pressing. And sometimes such takes us so much time. We don't even find time to study the Bible anymore. When you are into it, you are addicted to it. Lost of the eyes. Lost of the eyes. What of compromises here and there? Something. The book of Judges chapter 16. See how a little here, a little there I am for no one and for everyone. You are not known as a Christian. You go for party, you dance to any kind of song. You drink any kind of drink. If you look around, you can't see anybody that looks like a member of your church in that gathering. You pour it into the cup. There's one we went for one day. I can't really remember. This man had just, I went, I think I went with my wife. Yes, yes. He has just poured beer into the cup and he threw, threw away the cup, the, the bottle. My wife says, see your brother. Trust me. When I got married newly, I started wearing jeans because I will always talk and my wife will always pull me by the trouser. I said to myself, instead of her tearing my trouser, let me start wearing jean trouser. I stood up. I went to him. I said, bro, keep, you are drinking beer or this thing is beer. He said, no. I said, you are drink- see the bottle, you just threw it away. Praise the Lord. He told me it's just little. He said, you know, I told me I've been monitoring you, see. Is that what we do behind compromises here and there? Such a person will not press towards the mark. You will not press towards the mark. Praise the Lord. Lack of integrity. The Bible says, let your ye be ye. Matthew chapter 5 verse 37. Christian integrity, let your know be know. When you collect somebody's thing, please return it. When you borrow money, please pay. Don't lie. When you get to work and it is 8 o'clock, write 8 o'clock. That should, if you have agreed that you'll be going to work by 7.45, go to work by 7.45. Christian integrity. And when you do so, people will believe that you're a born again child of God. And it will be easy for you to press towards the man. Let me just mention this and we'll continue. The guilt of past sins. 
The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, if a man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away, though all things have become new. So, when you have repented or when you have asked God for forgiveness, you move on. You don't dwell on the past sins. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, these are likely ways that can stop us, that can easily stop us from pressing towards the man. Praise the Lord. Now, we'll look at earthly relevance. Earthly relevance. Pressing towards the mark with earthly relevance. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5, from verse 13 to 14, the Bible says, you are the salt of the earth, which means that I am to give the earth test. Without me, the earth is sour. Without me, the earth is bitter. Without me, the earth has no taste. I had to bring vinegar. I was telling my children that Jesus suffered for us so badly and that he was on the cross of Calvary and he was thirsty and he asked for water and they gave him vinegar. I told him vinegar is so bitter. It's so bitter. So one day, I know me, I've taught, I've taught, I've taught them about how, you know, Ezekiel went to the bone and spoke to the bone. So I took them to an abattoir and showed them pieces of bones. And I showed them this is the kind of bone then that the, the bones started connecting and they became human beings. So I went and bought vinegar. I told them to open their mouth. I poured, you know that uh, apple cider vinegar, poured a cup full. Pour. All of them were like, Daddy, I said, yes, that's what Jesus took for you and me. Praise the Lord. So without us, there's no taste. The earth has no taste. Without us, there's no light. There's darkness. You are the light. So in your office, that's why, you know, when daddy was praying, in your office, if you are not releasing the power of God while you are pressing, you are of no relevance. If you are not able to speak Jesus, talk about Jesus in your office, in your neighborhood, you are of no relevance. That office is in darkness. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. Praise the Lord. So if you are not shining, you are not relevant. You should preach. You should preach. It is the Lord who has brought you to power. You should talk about him. Amen. Daniel chapter 11 verse 32 says, B says, But those that do know their God, they shall be strong, they shall be pressing, based on our definition, and they shall be relevant. Emphasis mine. Those that do know their God, they shall be strong, and they shall do exploit. Doing exploit is being relevant. Doing exploit is being relevant. If you are not doing exploit, you are not relevant. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether you are a governor. It doesn't matter whether you are a president. It doesn't matter whether you are a commissioner. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter whether you are a provost. It doesn't matter whether you are a head of department. It doesn't matter whether you are a housewife. It doesn't matter whether you are a student. If you are not preaching the word of God, if you are not reaching out, if you are not doing exploit, you are not relevant to God. And you know, I have sisters that help me. Or you ladies, if you have a help, and you have so loved this help, 
And they have so given this help all attention. And this help takes all that you have given to him or her, but is not taking care of your children. Would you like the help? Assuming, God forbid, this place catches fire and venerable runs out with the wife. Me, I will follow him with my own wife. Alright, so, but God forbid, and we are there, and he has the key to this auditorium, and he's dangling it, and he's dangling it, and says, God be with you, you know, God bless you. Will you like it? That's exactly, we have the key. God has given us the key. People are dying, people are in bondages, we just smile and we move on. We come to church, we are not reaching out, we are not relevant. That will stop in Jesus' name. The Bible talks about a man in the book of Luke chapter 10 from verse 30 to 37. The parable of the good Samaritan. The Bible says a particular man was on a journey and he fell into the hands of thieves. And the story you know very well. The priest came, looked at him and passed. The Levite came, looked at, looked at him and passed. The Bible says in verse 33, a certain good Samaritan, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to him, looked at him, you know the story, and he took him, he bounded his wounds, applied his oil and wine and took him to an inn. I may ask you at this point, the priest was pressing towards the mark, the Levite was pressing towards the mark, and this certain Samaritan was also pressing towards the mark. Of these three, which of them was relevant? May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. How many people are we good Samaritans to? How many people have we seen on our ways that we were hurrying? We never minister to them. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. You know, recently, we just got, we got this reawakening about praying. We went to church and we got this reawakening about praying for anything and everything. So I was in my office one day, a staff came to me. He came to take um, permission to be away for three days. He was feeling sick. I approved, I said, okay, in line with policy, you can go. But as he was leaving, I just remembered what we were taught in church. I said to him, come, let me pray for you first. I said, I'm going to pray for you, and you will be healed. You will still go on your three days, right? If you want to, but you will be healed. He said, okay, he came. I prayed for him. I prayed and, you know, I bound the sickness, the shackles, and cast them out. And, you know, I asked, I asked the Holy Spirit to take over and heal him. He left. The next day I saw him in the office. I said, he said, I am very strong now. I was happy in my heart. I was happy in my heart. If I tell such a person that Jesus is Lord, he will believe. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, so the, if you read Philippians chapter 3, I, I got a lot of translations and I read, mess, I read it with message. You see that that place was saying that God has done so wondrously. He has wondrously reached out to you. And he expects you to do same. So when God has wondrously reached out to you, he expects you to be relevant. He expects you to reach out to people. He expects you to minister to people. He expects you not to sit down and cross your leg. He expects you to talk to people about him. He expects you to make known his greatness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you look at the fig tree, the fig tree was so boisterous, had so many leaves on, on it. Bible says it has so many branches. Read the book of Mark chapter 11 from verse 12. 
the fig tree, when Jesus came to the fig tree, Jesus did not find fruits in the fig tree. The fig tree was supposed to have been fruitful. The fig tree was supposed to have been relevant. But the fig tree refused to be relevant. Of course, we know what happened to the fig tree. When I got to this place, I said, Holy Spirit, help me. May I never be cut down. Jesus said, because you are not relevant, you shall be cut down. You shall be cut down. And it died off. When you are not relevant, you are asking Jesus to cause you to die. When you are not relevant, you are asking Jesus to replace you. That was exactly what happened to Isaiah. God spoke. Isaiah understood it and said, here I am. Send me. Amen. Are you relevant in the kingdom? Are you relevant in the church? Are you relevant for God? When God has given you an office, are you using it to his glory? Can tracts be found in your office? Can you talk about Jesus in your office? You know, during this electioneering, you know, the campaign and the rest of them, Sometimes, my wife and I will just, I will just see what this person is talking about. It's like this person has the fear of God somehow. He doesn't even know how to campaign. He's telling them that, you know, God will help me here. Somehow, because of the way his campaign was going somehow, I, I just told my wife, I feel in my spirit that this man fears God. God may help him. It doesn't matter the powers after, after him. I won't tell you about it because I, I'm not talking about politics here. Do you know that it is the Lord that has kept you in that office? Do you know the number of people praying to take over from you? One day, during appraisal, I think I've shared that. I didn't know that people were praying. People should pray for me. People were praying for me to the point that they had consulted somebody and they wanted to send a text message. They were telling the person my name, my phone number, everything about me, describing that I'm even short. So when they wanted to send the text message, the text message mistakenly came to my own phone. I showed my wife, I said, see, an evidence. This person is sending a text message to this person because she has not done what she's supposed to do and they are telling them to change my mind so that I called her immediately. I said, I saw the text you wanted to send to you. He said, I Praise the Lord. What of people that want loans? They will, they will pray, they go to native daughters and do all sorts of things. But you know, the confidence that I have is that God is with me. God is with me. He will not allow me to fall or to do what? To fail. Praise the Lord. So what do you do in that office? Like mine. People want to take over that office. People have, the stories have been told of, a, of people that have got to the office and they slump and die. So why would I glorify God in that office God has given to me? Why would I talk about Jesus? Why would I be relevant? Am I just going to be saying that I'm pressed, I'm a Christian and I'm not relevant? In my class, why wouldn't I be relevant? Why wouldn't I talk about Jesus in the hostel? Why? Why wouldn't they know that I'm a child of God? Why? Why? Why wouldn't I bring people to church? Why? Why would I allow people to go to hell? Praise the Lord. So let's look at people who were relevant in the earth as I round up. One, Esther. Esther. Queen Esther was a Jewish woman, but she was brought up in Persia, and she got married to the Persian king, King Ahasuerus. He, I mean, her cousin, Mordecai, was with her. And the people of Persia were dealing with the Jews. She said, no, 
this is the time I have to show my relevance. You know the story. When God has put you again in the office, how do you take that office? Some of us, I'm praying for our vice president. Some of us, you will turn the other way. I say, let it be now. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Pinesta said, no, this is the time to show my relevance. This is the time to prove that I'm actually present towards the man. And she met the king to do that which no king had done. What of Nehemiah? If you read the book of Nehemiah chapter 1, you know, down to chapter 3. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. In the land of Persia again, his own king was king Atazis. And he heard that Judah, his father's sepulcher, was in desolate. That fire had gutted the, the town. And he could not hold himself anymore. He went to the king. He said to the king, King, live forever. Please permit me to go and help build my father's sepulcher. He went. You know, while we were preparing this message, I remembered something. And my wife confirmed it. My wife said, it's time we started looking towards the village. And you know, the pastor that led us in prayer said, we should hold someone's hand and begin to pray that God will begin to touch people in our villages. God will begin to touch people in our neighborhoods. That God will begin to cause them to repent. A lot of unbelievers in my village. I was just discussing with the medical outreach team in our church. I said to them, please, I want us to start thinking of going to my village, you know, with medical, in form of a medical outreach so that we can reach out to my people. A lot of work to be done. Nehemiah remembered his people. Are your people all born again? Are you relevant or are you pressing alone? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You go on and on. You look at the life of Paul. Paul was so relevant that he wrote most of the, 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 the letters of the Bible. The books of the Bible. And I want to ask. You know, each time I see tracts, I begin to wonder. Who are these people writing tracts? Have you sat down to think of writing or have you written one? When you are giving tracts, do you even make sure you share the tracts? Do you even go the extra mile of inviting someone to church to come and hear the word of God? Jesus Christ. Jesus' own was so much that he was here and everywhere he turned to, it was just, you know, his relevance was made known. In the book of Matthew chapter 20 from verse 30 to 34, Jesus saw two blind men at the gate and he touched their eyes and they got their sights and they ran to the city and they were shouting. Jesus' relevance was so much that he raised so many dead in the Bible. He raised Lazarus in the book of John chapter 11, even when the case was hopeless. The leper, in the book of Mark chapter 1 from verse 40, the leper came to Jesus and was screaming, Jesus, have mercy. Jesus had compassion on him and Jesus touched him. The Bible says he was made clean. And Jesus, even though Jesus had told him not to go and tell anybody, he went and he was, the news was everywhere in town. A few weeks ago, I was just reading about this and I was with my wife. I said to my wife, I can understand. We do a Bible study sometimes, you know. I said, I can understand what happened here. That this man that was leprous immediately he got his healing he ran into town when he ran into town he told someone 
I met someone now that made me to be clean. Say you remember me? The person said yes. I used to sit as so and so to beg. Now you can see I am clean. Jesus, one man called Jesus had made me clean. I can't keep quiet. Go and tell someone. And when you tell someone, make sure you tell the person to tell another person. As the person wanted to leave, he called the man. He gave me a knock. When you remember this knock, you know that you should tell the person to tell another person. So he ran, this person will go and tell this person, this person will go and tell this person. Before we knew what was happening, the whole city knew about Jesus making the leper to be healed. That is the same networking. You tell this person, and you tell this person, that is it, Jesus was so relevant, and the leper caught into it, and the leper was also relevant after he was healed. What of the widow's son in the book of Luke chapter 7 from verse 11? This widow's son, that story touched me so much. Recently we had a discussion on that story. The widow was, was mourning her husband. You know, it's not good to lose a husband. This widow had a son. So they told this widow, Dibesian, at least remember that you have a son. And this only son of the widow, all of a sudden died in the land of Naim. And when this son died, nobody could comfort this widow. This widow was weeping and wailing. And sympathizers and mourners, they followed this widow and they were carrying this dead boy to go and bury this boy. And this boy was, this woman was weeping and Jesus saw this woman from afar, you know, towards the gate. And Jesus went and touched the dead boy and the dead boy rose. Everybody started screaming. When I read this place, I said, God, I thought I've been telling people in my family that, God, please, I want to raise the dead. It's a desire, honestly. I, I want to so please him that I will carry the anointing. Not that I want to so please him that I will carry the grace. I want to so please him that I will lay hands on the sick and the sick will receive instant healing. I want to please him in such a way that I will speak just his word and his word will heal the sick. You know, the doctors heal with injections and drugs, but we heal with the word of God. They heal when you, when you are ill, they give you drug to take. When it has defied the oral, they give you intra, intramuscular, okay? They give you the one injection to, to if it has defied that one, they will give you intravenous. I think I'm right. If it has defied that one, then, but the word of God, what it does, the only place we need for you to be healed is your ear. For faith coming by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. If you can just give me your ear and I speak the word of God into your ear, you will be healed. Praise the Lord. So I've been having this desire. God help me. Jesus was so relevant that he did all these things. Help me to be relevant to my generation. I don't know if that is your heart cry. And the Lord will give us that in Jesus name. Because it is clear, this signs shall follow them that believe. This signs shall follow them that are pressing towards the mark. The book of Mark chapter 16 from verse 17. They shall press towards the mark and these signs will come naturally. They shall touch the dead. They will rise up. They will touch the sick. They will be healed. They will touch the blind. The blind will see. That is the covenant we have with God. And that is exactly what we have going forward in Jesus name. Praise the Lord. Now what do you need to be enlisted? What do you need to do so that you can press and so that you can be relevant. Number one, you must be born again. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. You must be born again. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
and all these things shall be added unto you. Number two, you must be sanctified. And I like the way Romans chapter 12 say, puts it. If you read Living Bible, it says, And so, dear brothers, and I put sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy, the kind he can accept. When you think of what he, can, he had done for you, is this too much to ask? Be sanctified, be cleansed, let your heart be pure. Who is he that shall ascend unto the years? He that has a clean hand and a pure heart. Let your heart be pure. Study the scriptures all the time, as much as you can. Let nothing distract you from studying the scriptures. Let nothing remove you from studying the scriptures. The Bible says in the book of Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15, it says that I may study to show my approve, myself approved unto God, a workman that did not be ashamed, Rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. A workman that needed not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. He says, I think living Bible puts it, know what his word says and means in order to do it. I study to know what God's word says and what God means, what God's word means in order that I would do it. Praise the Lord. The next is that you should always pray. Pray that you do not enter or give in to temptation. Luke chapter 22 verse 40. Always pray. Pray and dwell in his secret place. Pray. Pray and pray and pray. God please help me. Help me as I press on. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from all evil. Lead me not into troubles. Deliver me O God. Pray and always pray. Don't be too big to pray. If you become prayerless, you have a problem. Another one is that you have to be humble, you have to be teachable, you have to be accountable. From time to time, you know, sometimes my wife will just tell me, if you do anything, I'll bag a report, you have to be, because she knows I'm accountable. You have to be accountable. Look out for someone you can be accountable to. Be accountable. You're a woman, be accountable. You're a man, be accountable. And if it's possible, let your husband or your wife know who you are accountable to. It will help you as a Christian, more especially when you are pressing on. Be accountable. Tell someone be accountable. Tell someone are you accountable. Then keep looking forward. Keep looking forward. For the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's Jesus Christ. Hebrew chapter 12, verse 12. Praise the Lord. Then you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. Amen. Healing all that we are oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And lastly, you must have the fruit of the Spirit. You must have this fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 5, chapter 5 verse 22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You must have the fruit of the Spirit. It is important. For if you don't have something, you cannot give that thing. If you don't have love, you cannot be relevant in love. If you don't have joy, you cannot be relevant in joy. You, when you come in, people are mourning because you don't have joy all around you. That shouldn't be. You should be a carrier of joy. You should be gentle. You should be meek. So you ask God, please, 
I have decided to be present. Help me to have the fruit of the Spirit. Because the only way I can be relevant is, in, is by having the fruit of the Spirit. Is by having love to give. Is by having joy to share. Is by being gentle. Praise the Lord. Are you pressing towards the mark? Are you relevant in your own little sphere? Shall we stand to our feet? Talk to God this morning. This is the hour to re-examine yourself. Am I pressing towards the mark? Am I useful where I walk? How have I done God's work? Are you just re-examining yourself? In the catechism those days, you know, in Anglican, in a communion, this thing, they will say, Kahalo wehan komahame hachari nezia, namihan kegaraga. Mahanezu besikuike edendoho, mahajoku edendo prene berechineke. Today, Obigi, ask yourself this question this morning. Am I pressing? Am I relevant? Am I being begged? Or coerced to do God's work? Ordinary does as she do. You can ask God to have mercy and to help you. But you know, you cannot do this except you are born again. This kind of call was made on 1st May 1994. And I knew for real that for me to do God's work, I needed Jesus in my life. And I answered the call. Maybe you are in church this morning. Your case is that you are not born again. You have not given a life to Jesus Christ. The only way that you can press is when you have been enlisted as a soldier who should press. You are in church, you are not yet born again, or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, come, come, God bless you. And you who are here, repeat these words after me with the depth of your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You love me, you paid the price for my life on the cross of Calvary. You came to die for my sins. You shed your blood. And by rising again, you have defeated the power of sin and of death over my life. I am sorry for my past life and my sins, and I confess them before you. Lord, I repent of them, and I turn to you with all my heart. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my past. Cleanse me. And give me the power to be the child of God. Thank you. As you live in my life to do a new thing. And to lead me on to the glory of your name. In Jesus name we pray. Father, as many as receive you to them, you gave the power to become your children who are born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but by your power. And you make a change in their lives that no human being comprehends. But we see the evidence, we see the witness of the Spirit, and the peace that passes all understanding comes even as a witness that we belong to you, and that the old has passed away, and all things become new. We pray you, Lord, this morning, that at these confessions, you will confirm with the change and the bearing of the witness of your Spirit, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Lord, let the peace that inhabits their hearts rule them on and lead them through on on their obedience to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And guide them life end. Lord, write their name in the book of life. And let the old things pass away and all things become new. And seal them with the mark of your spirit unto redemption. And may they live on and press on the rest of the days of their lives to the glory of your name. And for the rest of us, we have made a pledge to God. We have rededicated ourselves. Where is your luck? And where are those hindrances to pressing on, to being relevant? Look at where God has placed you. Look at where God has placed you, located you. Students, your class, your hostel, your address, working, business, private, public servant, civil servant. Look at your office. Look at the people around you. Are we light or salt? Are we relevant? Do we touch lives? Do we reach out? What are you on earth for up to now? Who have you reached out to? Today is 17th of March 2019. Third month going. Are you relevant to anyone's life? Spiritual life? Salvation? Are you relevant to anyone in the way that it affects him or her? The family significantly. You are not just there by chance. You are not occupying space. There is a reason why God has kept you alive to today. Where you are. A pensioner. Retired. Bringing joy and life to others. Your presence should inspire. Can you tell the Lord? Father, use me. I want to be relevant. I want to fulfill the reason for being alive today. This week. This month. This year. Lord, I want heaven to count on me. I don't want to be referred to in the past while I'm still alive. Heavenly Father. I want and I yield for your grace upon my life. It's not just to earn a living. It's not just to gain some coins. It's not just to get my pension. It's not just to have a place filling a role. What of heaven's record? What of heaven's mark? What of heaven's impact on the others? Heavenly Father, open my eyes again. Make me relevant. Make me bear fruit. Make me draw souls. Make me meet your heartbeat. May I be relevant and may heaven record with me in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, this is our prayer. Lord, this is our prayer. Everyone who is here this morning, may we again be renewed, be rededicated, be refocused. We are pressing on toward the mark and as we reach towards the end, what do we come with? Empty handed. What do we come with without a witness? What do we come with without relevance? Without making the days after which you have given us salvation to come. Lord, we dedicate ourselves unto you. Spirit of God, fill us anew in the name of Jesus. Break us, mold us, melt us, remove those things that inhibit our pressing on to be relevant. 
that make the light in us to be darkness, to be distracting, make our lives pleasing to you. Holy, acceptable, living sacrifice, which is our reasonable worship, which is our acceptable service, which is a delight to you. And may we stand to represent you and bear fruit that touch lives and change generations and lives and our community in the name of Jesus Christ. May heaven count on us today in the name of Jesus Christ. May a new awakening and anointing be upon us today to arise and be up to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. As everywhere around us, Lord, we rise on our account of your grace, hearing your word and seeing the witness that you have made us to be. In the name of Jesus we pray. Set us on fire again. Keep us focused and keep us relevant and keep us producing fruit and keep us riding on the web of pleasing you that we can advance further where you've kept us. This is our prayer and this is our desire. In Jesus' name we pray.